Blog Talk Radio. Hi there. I'm Mary Eileen Williams at Feisty Side of 50 Radio, and this show is a celebration of baby boomers who are embracing life as we grow older. We do know, however, that sometimes life can have its challenges as we age, but these years can be ones of great joy and fulfillment. And that's where today's guest is going to be especially enlightening. Psychologist and best-selling author Dr. Charles Garfield believes that those of us in our later years need to shift our focus from success thinking, in other words, how much can I achieve, to legacy thinking by making our lives ones of contribution, personal meaning, and sharing love and compassion with those around us. And to these ends, Dr. Garfield has just come out with a book that each of us needs to have on our nightstand. Believe me on that one. It's amazing. Uh, The book is called Our Wisdom Year. Growing Older with Joy, Fulfillment, Resilience, and No Regrets, and I want to start doing that, so welcome to the show, Dr. Garfield. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, I would like to begin by congratulating you. I I did gush a little bit prior to uh, when we went on air, but this book is so fabulous in so many ways. Fabulous is kind of an overused word, but nothing additional comes to mind right now. But uh, I know you're not into success necessarily at this time in your life, and of course you've achieved great success with your writing in the past, but you've gotten wonderful reviews, lots of praise for the book, so it must be gratifying. It's extremely gratifying, and uh, what I really wanted most of all was to let people of a certain age, people in their wisdom years, know that this was a time for fulfillment, a time for legacy, a time for moving on from the adult priorities of success and achievement. Uh, and it seems to have it seems to have clicked with people. The feedback around the country has been extraordinary. Well, I I can really vouch for that because. Uh, there are a number of chapters. I want to get into that in a little bit, but each one of them, uh, you know, kind of helps us focus on what really is important at this time in our lives. And we do have a major shift. Uh, you share in the book a number of lessons that you learned in your own life and entering your own wisdom years. Also, you've done work with patients, and you founded a wonderful organization called the Shanti Project, and you share uh, information from some of the people involved in that, too. So before we get into the book itself, tell us a little bit about your own experience and how the book it came into being. Well, it came into being because I realized when I hit my 50s, and maybe even a, a tad earlier, I, I realized that things were changing. The kinds of things that really mattered a great deal to me before, climbing the ladder, being successful, getting awards, achieving a great deal, all of those things which make sense when we're in our adult years, started not to feel right anymore. Um, I was moving in a different direction, and I didn't know what to, to do about it. I didn't understand And so I started interviewing older people and asking them all sorts of questions about whether or not they were experiencing the same kind of change as I was. And I realized in doing the research that there were very few user-friendly books on how to deal with the challenges of later life. There are all sorts of books on self-help of all kinds, but what about later life? What about those of us who are going to live into our 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. In fact, the fastest-growing group in the country are centenarians, people over 100. We could be living decades more. No guarantee, but it's possible. And what about a guidebook? So I decided to write one. 
Well, and the guidebook, too, is, again, you share your own thoughts, you share things that happened to you, but you ask really probing questions uh, in each of the chapters, which I thought was great, because this is not a book you pick up and read lightly. I mean, well, you can, but you'll want to go back and really spend time on each of the chapters and each of the steps. Uh, The other thing before we get into the book specifically, I know a couple of things about aging that are, you know, say urban myths out there that kind of bug you are number one you're going to go to pot and decline mentally and physically and number two oh don't worry about it age is just a number you're like you've always been yeah interestingly enough those are the two misconceptions about aging that that i discovered in interviewing all sorts of older people the first one is the decline and debilitation model everything's going to pot as you say and it's all over and nothing's good and and that's certainly not true. I, I met so many vibrant older people, it was rather extraordinary. The second misconception was nothing's different. Every You're as good as you ever were. You're just as fine physically and mentally as you ever were. Well, anybody, anybody of a certain age, 60s, 70s, if you ask them whether they're as physically fit as they were in their 20s, they'll laugh at you. Of course they're not. Uh, the question is, how do you feel now? Are you uh, fit for somebody your age? Um, what we found was that people were not interested in either of those two models of aging. The people who were most fulfilled were not interested in either of those two. They were interested in something else. They were interested in legacy. They actually talked about two things more than anything else. They talked about love, people they loved and who loved them, relationships in other words. And they talked about work they were most proud of, work that made a difference in the lives of other people work that served the common good. And that was so much different than what we heard when we studied people in their adult years who were younger, who were interested in climbing the ladder. And in in later life, we found out there was no ladder to climb. They weren't interested in doing that anymore. Well, and in my own life, I found not only, you know, climbing the ladder or whatever, but that lack of needing to prove something about myself or whatever. One of the, there are so many beautifully written lines in this book. Again, you need to read it several times because I know each time I'm going to pick up something different. But one of my favorite lines was at the beginning of the last chapter, and you wrote that we are ancestors in training. It makes me choke up right now, but that thinking of, yes, what do we want to leave, what truly is important to our lives. So let's get into the book itself, and they are basically nine tasks that you suggest we need to go through. I know we have a little bit of a time constraint here, so I don't know how much you'll be able to get into them, but it's it's also kind of three main sections. So tell us a little bit about how the book is organized and what we can expect in some of these tasks that you are setting forth. Well, we we set up uh, a, a number of different things that I think are interesting to people. And they're all around the issue of our wisdom years. That's why I called the book Our Wisdom Years. Um, One of the sections that you've alluded to a couple of times that I think is important has to do with life review and legacy, that we find people in later life looking at their old pictures a great deal, uh, thinking about the past a great deal, Not, not, not with sadness, but with curiosity, that they, they take a look at what they've contributed, what, how they've lived, who they knew, what they learned, and especially what their legacy might be. What, what do they want to pass on to their children, their grandchildren, if they don't have any children or grandchildren, other people in the world? 
Uh, what do they want to leave behind? Uh, you know, I uh, when my uh, mother was near the end of her life, I made a series of small photo albums for her. I got a whole series of photos, and I put together photo albums from her, and I let her narrate her life for me, and she loved it. She she taught me about all sorts of people I never knew, experiences I never heard of, and things that she had learned that were most important that she wanted to pass on to me. So this whole notion of life review and then legacy is really important, and those are two of the chapters in the book right there. Well, and yes, I, I, I absolutely. And then the other chapter is uh, again the what can we do to share our wisdom? <laughs> you know, how can we how can how can we take action in ways that can in, impact other people? Yeah, and it, it, the the question is, uh, how do you want to serve the common good? In in what ways? You see, older people volunteering a whole lot, and they. They've learned a lot in their lives. They have something to contribute, and they join an, an organization, often a nonprofit organization, and they contribute what they know to an organization that needs them. Uh, you know, when we think about nonprofit organizations that older people are attracted to, you know, the nonprofit sector, the volunteer sector in our country is America's unrecognized workforce. Without that volunteer contingent, uh, we're in trouble. Uh, and that older people know that, and they contribute their their best efforts frequently to nonprofit organizations that they're attracted to, and it could be anything. You know, it could be any any cause that they're attracted to, but you see them really enjoying that kind of contribution. Well, and in addition to contribution, and again, these chapters are in in a certain sequence, but you can go back and forth <laughs> and review each one uh, in in kind of any order you choose once you've gotten through the book the first time. I at least that's my thought process on it. But uh, several of them, I know you you yourself experienced a, a hip issue and needed to really. Step back from your life for a while, uh, reflect, and that's the thing too. Is I know you were talking about going through with with photos and all that, but some of these, like you say, these deeper lessons that we've learned, it's important to to really stop. You recommend meditating a lot and and this kind of stillness and quiet and reflection. Absolutely, it's one of the things that you find older people who are most fulfilled will enjoy and appreciate the need for solitude. That's not that's not aloneness. That's not being alone and lonely. That's solitude. That's a choice to spend time alone and reflect. Uh, all those years that we were running hard and didn't have any time and were at the mercy of our to-do lists and our calendars, well, those years are largely done. Now we're taking a look at other things, other priorities in our lives, and we need the time to sit still, to retreat from the world a bit, and to ask the question, what is the best use of my life now during the during our wisdom years? How might I use my life in a way that fulfills me most? And, and the reflection about that is awfully important. You find older people who are most fulfilled will do that. 
You know, I it just it's so wonderful to hear you share this information. I there was a a, a young man in his 40s who uh, I guess had contributed a lot in in certain movies and science projects or TV shows. I'm not sure, and I, I can't. I unfortunately can't remember his name. One of the wisdom years issues, <laughs> but he died at 41 from a brain aneurysm, and they were just talking about him on the news. And I thought, my gosh, we really don't know when when we're going to move forward or move on to a different plane or however you want to say it. So asking ourselves these questions kind of on a daily basis and really just checking in with ourselves is really important. It is. That kind of reflection is vital. And asking questions, basic questions, that we don't take the time to ask. Everybody knows about these questions. For instance, what are you most grateful for in your life? And don't list 10 or 12 things. It's easy to make a long list. It's more important to make a short one. Uh, what are the two or three most things that you're most grateful for in your life, and how might you build your life based on those things? Uh, what do you most regret in your life, and what have you learned from those regrets that you'll never do again? Questions about gratitude, about regret, are awfully important. And, uh, you know, you find people asking these older people, asking these kinds of questions, and not even knowing that they're doing it. They're not even aware frequently that this is a a process that's basic to to our wisdom years. They just think they're doing it because it feels right to do, which is fine. Uh, You know, one of the questions I most appreciate that I heard so often from older people is, now that you've entered your wisdom years, how has your relationship to God or the mystery or the eternal, how has it changed, if at all? Um, And you find people talking about the... Their conception of of afterlife and of God and what comes next. And some people think it's nothing, it's just fade to black and that's all over. Other people have all sorts of conceptions about God and and the mystery and the eternal. But it's, it's just lovely to hear people reflect on all of this as they enter their wisdom years. And Dr. Garfield, too many times in the book uh, you reflect that death teaches me blank <laughs> you know that yeah the death becomes i mean kind of a, a silent partner in a way or a teacher or or anyway this book uh, we, you talk about forgiveness going back and reflecting and thinking about forgiveness it's just there's so many levels and i wish we could spend hours and hours and hours but i do want our listeners to know in addition to these wonderful books you also have a website so where can our our, our listeners go to find out more about you your work the shanti project and get their own copy of our wisdom years well it's easy just go to www.charlesgarfield one word charlesgarfield.com well wonderful and dr garfield again this has been such a rich experience for me having the opportunity to speak with you and of course this fabulous book reading it but in the last minute or two do you have any final thoughts you'd like to leave with our listeners Yes, I'd like I'd like to suggest that everybody take a little time today and ask themselves one important question. What are the three most important events in your life and what have you learned from them? As you reflect back on your life, what are the three most important events and what have you learned from them? And I think people will find out that there are lessons embedded in that question that will astound them and help them move forward as they move through their wisdom years. Well, I just got goosebumps. 
<laughs> Amazing. Oh, Dr. Garfield. Well, I it's been such a pleasure and an honor. I will use that term honor really for having you on the show. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for the invitation. Well, and also, Dr. Garfield just told us some ways that we truly can embrace our later years and create those lives of real meaning and fulfillment. I'm going to be going and asking myself those three questions today or the three events that that were most important uh, and uh, finding out uh, with some inner reflection how they, you know, help me move forward. And so I urge everyone out there to do the same. Also, please check out Dr. Garfield's book, Our Wisdom Years. It's going to give you a wealth of life-enhancing and life-affirming information, a lot of motivation to move forward, and it might just help you re-energize your spirit for the years ahead. This is Mary Eileen Williams at Feisty Side of 50 Radio, saying I'll catch you later. Bye-bye.